0: Welcome back to another episode of the Test Studio Times podcast. We're doing a little mini episode here for the Big Ten tournament, recapping Maryland's win over Minnesota last night. And then we have a, a guest from IUTV who covers Maryland, um, Who, excuse me, who covers Indiana basketball. Um, over there so he's going to be on and preview the the indiana maryland game coming up but first let's just talk about this maryland win over minnesota in the second round minnesota upset nebraska in the first round 78 to 75 a great game it was was pretty surprising considering how bad minnesota has been all year and nebraska was kind of getting hot but minnesota upsets nebraska so they faced maryland in the second round last night which which was thursday night and maryland killed minnesota both times they played earlier this season maryland won by 35 the first time and then 18 the second time didn't look like minnesota even belonged on the same court with maryland but this one was a little different you know when you're in the big 10 tournament setting um it it kind of feels like you have nothing to lose you're playing you're playing way looser you're playing like you have nothing to lose because that's what minnesota was and and maryland had had a lot to lose it would have been a disastrous loss what were kind of some of your impressions from this game that felt a lot closer, but it ended up being Maryland had control the entire time? My next and my second question is, how are you?
1: I so thought you forgot again. Uh, doing well, Sam. Doing well. How are you? I'm, I'm well. I'm good. I'm I'm ha- happy to be in Chicago. But uh, this game last night, uh, I think it starts probably with the play of Dante Scott, just setting the tone in the first half, uh, 16 first half points. And kind of on the flip side of that, Jameer Young had a very rare off night. Somehow, in a blink of an eye, he finished with 15 But he was 9 of 11 from the free throw line. He was only 3 of 13 from the field. So I think the the biggest thing there is Jameer, night and Dante had a a really good start to get him going. Um, Look, Maryland took care of business. Minnesota was, as of last night, I'm not sure if the uh, Ken Poms changed since then, but the fifth worst team in the power conferences, the uh, traditional power five plus the Big East. Uh, Maryland did what they were supposed to do, and and that's that's the overwhelming takeaway for me. And, you know, it it wasn't perfect in the recipe in terms of, you know, your best player wasn't being your best player. But you got Dante Scott back to the level where you need him to be or maybe even above the level where you need him to be. Um, But, yeah, I I mean, there's there's not going to be any crazy takeaways just given the fact that it was Minnesota. But Maryland did take care of business last night, and that that was really all that mattered.
0: Yeah, look, um, first, let's say we're live from Chicago. I should have brought that up in the beginning of the show. We're live from Chicago. We spent the entire day. 12 hours at the United Center last night. I think culminating, it was more than that. Yeah, it, it really was. And, and culminating with the Maryland-Minnesota uh, game where pretty much everyone cleared out after the Illinois-Penn State game. So it was a pretty dead atmosphere, but Maryland kind of created their own their own energy. Um, Yeah, you're right. The, the takeaway is they did what they were supposed to do. I do think, you know, as much as Maryland fans were upset that they didn't get the double buy, and, and obviously that's valuable because it's hard to win four games in four days if they end up going to the championship. But... So, so there's reason to be upset about not getting the double by, not getting the two team, losing that Penn State game. I do see value in playing a team like Minnesota, where it's like you're so much better than you're in control of the entire game. But they do test you. And it's kind of like a tune up game. It's good to get one under your belt, especially on neutral site location, Um, the rims, the court, get a feel for everything. I asked Wilder about that after the game. and He kind of agreed that there is value in in um in playing this game, despite not getting the double by and the extra rest. One of the big takeaways for me is um, Jameer Young really struggled. And I think that's another thing where it's good that Jameer Young got probably one of his worst games of the season out of the way early on in this tournament where he can bounce back. He said after the game, he was like, this was a rough night for me, but that doesn't really matter. The only thing that matters is the win. Um, He was three for 13 from the field. He ended up finishing with 15 points, but only had one in the first half and nine of those points um, of those 15 came from the free throw line. So he really struggled. That was a big takeaway for me, but, Dante Scott lifted him up. He had 16 points in the first half, finished with 20 for the game, and shot 50% from three on eight attempts. So, so that was his best game in a while, and he's been struggling away from home too. Um, So that's encouraging to see. There's not too much you can take away because Minnesota, like we said, is just so bad. But from an individual player performance perspective, those are two th- big things for me.
1: No doubt. I'm, I'm totally with you on both those. I think a third we have to talk about is the recent stretch of, of Don Carey, um, the two guard who was, you know, Getting absolutely slandered by Maryland fans for the first twenty sub some, something games of the year, um just because he was, you know, so inconsistent. he didn't match that forty percent three point mark. And his only good performances were against bad teams. I think that's out the window now. Now he's five games with 10 plus. Um, the confidence is at another level. He's ready to shoot. He's driving to the basket more, taking more mid-range shots as well, which he's kind of had in his arsenal. Um, Should have been doing more of that all year. Um, but I, I think his play, the way he can contribute to winning basketball without starring and kind of feeling this role that Maryland fans and probably Kevin Willard and the coaching staff expected him to fill when he transferred to Maryland from Georgetown, the the Maryland feeder system that Georgetown is, is... Um, you know, I I think he's kind of reaching that level that Maryland fans expected, and he's playing his best basketball when it matters most, which is really important right now.
0: Yeah, no, I completely agree, and and, and that's a good point because he's getting hot, and he's finally a guy where this was a guy that was benched in a bunch of second halves like just a few weeks ago for Ian Martinez and to, to, to somehow regain your confidence from that and and maintain professional. I guess that's all the experience that he's had throughout college basketball and all the stops that he's been in, but to to ha- still have your confidence and put in the work and bounce back the way he has, where it's five straight games. Now we scored in double figures. That's really impressive. But the thing about this team is it feels like it's never all happening at the right time for everyone. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jameer young has been consistently great all season um but dante scott started off the year, year well and he's hit some lumps and he's struggled in recent games and now when he struggles don Carey starts playing well um it just feels like it's never they've never all put it together and if they're going to make a run in this tournament and in the NCAA tournament it feels like everyone's got to start playing at this at great at the same time um and it feels like that hasn't really happened yet we'll see if that happens tonight against indiana Um, Is there anything else that you want to talk about from this game? Because we have a full on Indiana preview coming with our guest, Evan, because that's obviously that game's in just a few hours away now. Um, But is there anything else you want to take away from this Minnesota game where it's like Maryland did struggle a little bit? They didn't look great. If they play like they played against Minnesota tonight, then they're probably not going to win the game. But they still ended up winning by 16 against a really bad Minnesota team.
1: Totally. Um, just one more thing I wanted to bring up, and we touch on it a little bit with Evan. Um, but the foul trouble in the front court—if that happens against Indiana and Trace Jackson Davis and Maurice Thompson, you are done. Like that's going to be a twenty-point game. Julian Reese had two fouls before the eight-minute mark. Uh, Kevin Miller kept putting him back and forth in for the rest of the the, the first half uh, with some offensive defense subs. Probably part of that is because Patrick Million had three fouls in the first half. Um, and then you put Calum Swanton Roger out there, who you know want to give him the benefit of the doubt. He's, he's a freshman. Um, he's had his moments with some dunks, but he's totally raw right now. Hasn't played meaningful minutes in a while. He had 3,003 minutes. Um, so managing that front court, uh, I mean, I, I don't want to really evaluate the job that Willard did because it obviously didn't end up mattering because Minnesota was such an inferior team, but I think it's definitely something to keep an eye on moving forward. That was the first time Julian got in foul trouble for a couple game games or for a few games there. Um, yeah, he's been, he's, he's, really he's going to need to be better there tonight. Yeah. To his no credit doubt. though. He's
0: been like, that was a big thing last season and the beginning of this season, especially in the, in the big 10 play. Like he was getting the series foul trouble every game. And, and it was tough for Mountain's coaching staff to manage that. He's done a much better job of, of not being so aggressive and not being not it, 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 being aggressive but not being stupid aggressive and you know some of these fouls that he picks were like over the back fouls um just unnecessary fouls like 90 feet away from the basket where it's just unnecessary he's been much better at that but yeah you're right him and patrick milan were both in, had four fouls last night and that's tough for maryland's coaching staff to balance after the game willard talked about how he trusts his guys with two fouls like if, if they get in fouls or with just being in foul trouble if they get into fouls tonight serious foul trouble against indiana he has Willard has no choice but to just put Julian Reese out there and mm-hmm. trust him to maintain be still continue to be aggressive because you can't not be aggressive defender because then it just gives an advantage to to your opponent but to continue to be aggressive defensively but also being smart out there and not picking up another foul Maryland has no choice I mean they can't play Callum Swat and Roger with all due respect serious any minute any minute at all against Indiana they yep. can't go to I don't know. Who else do they play? I mean, Jahori Long probably, he's obviously not a big man, but he probably won't be in the rotation. No bachelor got some some minutes. He's not gonna be in the rotation tonight. Pablo had those two minutes at Iowa. Yeah. Like like those being being facetious here, but no, I know, I know. But so like you can't go to those guys off the bench. Like if Julian Reese is in foul trouble and Patrick Millen's in foul trouble, you kind of kind of just gotta trust them to go out there and still try to defend Trace Jackson, Davis, and Race Thompson. But, yeah, that's a big thing, too, from last night's foul trouble. And then we'd be remiss not to mention this. Dante Scott hurt his knee a little bit last night. Um, yeah. There was times where he was limping a little bit. He didn't look 100%, especially in that second half. He only had four points in that second half. After the game, he said he was all good. He's fine. i will get some treatment. He'll be good to go. But that's certainly something to watch.
1: Yeah, that is something to watch, certainly. Just the floor at the United Center has been abysmal. Uh, people were slipping throughout all four games yesterday. Yeah. I said we were there for 13-plus hours. It's a joke that they, they got to clean that up because someone's gonna get, yeah. And I don't know how they do it. that, but they I'm sure I will
0: I'm, I'm sure Big Ten officials are aware of that and will do something today. But like, why is that even happening? Was yeah, the Super Bowl I, I... like, I mean, I don't want to bring up the Super Bowl, but like, that's, <laughs> what's going on?
1: yeah i mean i mean the blackhawks do play there so there is a hockey rink underneath but the bills play, uh the, excuse me the bulls most play NBA there well. arenas so, most NBA arenas
0: have their have their NHL right team play.
1: maybe 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 the big 10 corner uh big 10 tournament hardwood is just uh i think a, it's a, a level, new a level that below that, yeah, that disgusting
0: be. new logo that they put in there
1: terrible terrible bring, bring back the pinwheel come on what are we doing
0: yeah maybe that's something to do with it all right yeah so there's not too much to discuss um about minnesota so we'll so we'll leave it there and And just in a couple seconds here, Evan Kamiko from IUTB will join us um, for a full Indiana breakdown and a full Indiana preview. Um, And yeah, so we'll talk to you tomorrow and, and enjoy this preview coming up. Welcome back to the Testudo Times podcast. We are now joined by a very special guest, my longtime friend, I guess, even though I met him this past summer, Evan Camico, <laughs> um of IUTV, who's here to break down the entire Indiana-Maryland game, which will be tonight. Where we're, what, about uh, nine, 10 hours from tip-off here. So we have Evan on the show to break down the entire matchup. Little little uh, rehash of the last time Maryland played, Maryland played Indiana back in College Park. And then we're going to give you a
2: full-on preview of tonight's game. Evan, how are you? Good to see you. Uh, it's great to see you, Sam. And it's funny you say that because exactly, I think we met in person one year ago, like right around today in Indianapolis for the big 10 tournament last year. So, you know, both of you, thanks for having me on Sam. excited to uh, get to work again together a little bit. And then again, you know, you've done great stuff. I love following along with all of you guys. So thank you guys for having me. We appreciate it. And yeah, we did. So this is a very special event for us because we did meet a year
0: ago at the big 10 <laughs> tournament in Indianapolis. So this, this is a great event for us, but all right, let's, let's break down this Indiana Maryland matchup. They only met once this year and it was back in College Park where Maryland was unstoppable. I mean, they were 10 and 0 in Big Ten home games. So nobody could in the conference come in and beat Maryland in College Park. But Maryland came away with a 66 to 55 victory back then. That was the end of January, January 31st. And Indiana was riding a really nice hot streak. They were on five in a row at that point. It felt like Maryland, it was a must win for them at that point when they were kind of on the bubble. What do you remember from that game that Indiana kind of struggled with and Maryland did well and how Maryland was able to come up, come out on top?
2: Well, from that game, Indiana struggled with a lot. Like, there's no way to sugarcoat it. You know, I, I'm not going to sit here and say, yeah, Indiana played great. They didn't. Trace Jackson Davis had your typical game. He was 18 points, 20 boards, which you expect, and which I believe he's going to do again. You know, Indiana had size on Maryland. They, they had guard play. But the biggest issue from that game was Jalen Hodgefino. He had three points, shot one of 14 from the floor, four turnovers. You know, Indiana, the turnovers weren't great. They were down 12 to 5 to Maryland. And on top of that, personal fouls. Indiana is a team that is going to foul a lot. There's no question about it. IU had 20 fouls that game. Malik Renu fouled out. Uh, Trey Galloway had four, and it just wasn't good. And again, Jalen Hochefino had three. You know, that's not what you want. You had bad guard play in that game. And on top of that, the turnovers didn't lead to anything. So from that game, there wasn't much good. The only good, I would say, is they were better shooting than Maryland. You know, they shot 27% from three. And I believe they shot about 37% from the floor compared to 33% from Maryland. So not a lot went right for Indiana besides shooting better than Maryland, but when you go into, you know, obviously where Maryland's playing, it's, it's hard to win at the Xfinity Center.
1: No doubt. Certainly not a lot went right for a lot of teams that went to College Park. Uh, and we'll get into Huchifino in a little bit. Wanted to ask just about the story of Indiana since then. Obviously, rebounded with three straight. Uh, that first Purdue win uh, that Maryland loss was kind of smack dab in the middle of an unreal stretch for that team. Um, then Indiana ends the last six games of the season, alternating wins and losses. Evan, for you, what's been kind of the story of this team? Um, seems a little inconsistent down the stretch, but also those flashes of, of beating Purdue twice obviously doesn't get better than that. Um, what's What's been the story? Away from you
2: and I think it is the inconsistencies that you're talking about it's the okay you know you go in you, you lose to Maryland and then you win a couple in a row you lose to Northwestern you, you win at Michigan you know everyone's thinking oh there's no way they're going to win at Michigan they pull out a one point win at Michigan then you come home and it's just been back and forth. You know, you, you have Michigan State, which is just, uh, you know, an unfortunate game for Indiana. You're walking into the Breslin Center a couple days in the first home game after that shooting up in East Lansing. You know, I don't I don't like to say it's storybook, but it's a bit storybook for Michigan State, that game. Uh, you knew they weren't going to lose. And then you come home, you win another one. Then you get crushed by Iowa. You know, you go, you go win at Purdue, you get killed by Iowa. It doesn't make sense because of how inconsistent this team is. They've shown flashes where they can beat top teams in the Big Ten. Haven't been able to beat the top teams in the country. We saw that back in December and November. Uh, but the inconsistencies—it's—it's it's who's going to show up at night and and the biggest thing for Indiana, you know, you know, right now Jalen Hurtapino is playing well, TJD is playing well, Race Thompson finally looks healthy. But it's the role players, and we talked about this uh, on a show that came out a couple hours ago from us called the Toss Up. Um, it's who's going to step up, and the question is, you know, who has it been in this game last time? Miller Kopp had seven points, and uh, Trey Galloway had six. Your bench also for Indiana only had a total of 10 points. That's not going to do it against teams in the Big Ten tournament if your bench and your role players can't step up. So if Miller Cop can go for 11 or 12, Indiana's going to be good. The biggest story, like you said, it's the role players. It's who's going to step up, who's going to show out, who's going to show up. And, the and you know, I, I hope I'm right on the predicting this, but I have never been right predicting which role a player is going to show up.
0: Yeah, the in- inconsistencies are really a storyline for almost every single Big Ten team, it seems like. And that's why it's been so hard to predict this conference and so hard to predict this Big Ten tournament. You saw so many upsets on Thursday back in back in the second round because every team has been so inconsistent on the road, on the home, on neutral site locations, whatever it is. And that's why it's been so hard to predict. But I want to go back to that first matchup for a second. You talked about Trace Jackson Davis. He had 18 points, 7 for 13 shooting, but it kind of felt like Maryland contained him for the most part. I mean, he's going to get his. He's a phenomenal player. And look, Kevin Willis before that Indiana matchup. He called him the best player in the entire country. And Willard got a lot of pushback for that because it's maybe a little bit of a ridiculous statement, but it's really not because he is that dominant when he's playing that well. But it felt like he was contained and Maryland did a great job double teaming him. I mean, Julian Reese was the primary defender for most of the time and and he held his own, but on almost every single touch that he got, Maryland was throwing doubles his way. And same with even Race Thompson, who was getting back into the fold Really, he was injured from a lot of the beginning of the season and he was getting back into the fold at that point. But Maryland was doubling him every time he touched the ball, too. What are some of the things that Indiana done well or better with since then in terms of counteracting doubles that Trace Jackson receives? Because he gets doubles almost every time he touches the ball because he's that dominant.
2: Yeah. And again, it's it's can TJD find that outlet pass? Can he swing it to somebody in the corner? And again, it comes down to the role players. You know, Trace Jackson Davis, once he gets t- you know to his uh, left hand, he's just going to go straight to the basket. What Maryland did really well is they played a drop defense on him. They weren't pressing him. And a lot of teams have done that since. And really, you know, Maryland's high-low, you know, Indiana tried to play a high-low game with TJD and Jalen Huchfino. We've seen that too. But Jalen Huchfino wasn't making anything that last game. You know, Miller Kopp and Trey Galloway were just kind of there and had small contributions. Ray Thompson went for 11 points. He was second on Indiana in scoring that game. That's not a good thing when your two bigs are one and two in scoring. So, again, it's... How has Indiana improved? Well, the shot making has been a little bit better, but it's been inconsistent. You know, you've seen it when it's going really well in Purdue when you're on the road and Jalen Hedrofino putting up 35 points against the number, you know, five team in the country. And then you've seen it against Iowa where, where, you know, they have no answers on defense and Trace Jackson Davis isn't getting any help. So again, you're absolutely right. TJD is going to get his, there is no questions about it. But Maryland's ability to defend the double team and really the two-man game, that's what it's going to come down to tonight. But we'll talk about that in a little bit.
1: Let's get back to Hochefino because you brought him up again. I told you we get back to it. That game against he had against Maryland was almost appallingly bad for a player of, you know, his you know designation, three points, one for twelve from two, oh for two from three. But then you have the game against Purdue, you go on the road, you drop 35 points as a true freshman and kind of have your signature Hoosier moment. What's made him so special? Because I watched that game and I'm like, that is not the same player we saw in College Park. This kid is an absolute superstar. He's going to be a lottery pick, first round pick in the NBA, whatever it is. He's got a really bright future. What's made him so special in his first year in a Hoosier uniform?
2: I love, it's just his mentality. You know, it's very cool. It's a calm demeanor. We're talking to him after the the Purdue game and someone's like, you know, why were you able to do that? He's like, you know, I just just trusted it and I went out there and, and I just played my game. And it's that cool and calm demeanor that he has. Look, he's a freshman. Mike Woodson has talked about it, that he's going to have his lumps. He's going to have his struggles, but big players show out in big moments. That's the big thing is, you know, that Purdue game is a bigger moment than the Maryland game per se, because of the ranking, because of all that. It's the Indiana State rivalry. Um, You know, arguably one of the best rivalries in college basketball. So not to diminish the the Maryland game, but if you look in that big moment, he's able to step up and he's able to be cool about it. You know, there was players picking him up. He carried that team. It is very safe to say he was the reason that they won Trace Jackson Davis in that yeah. Purdue game. He didn't have a point by halftime. You know and that just says something where tjd was dominant in that first purdue game and again when he faced zach Eadie, he's just tall whatever like we can talk about that another time <laughs> but when you look at Jalen hutch you know it's that cool calm demeanor and it's the freshman he's going in fearless and you know especially when we get to tournament time this kid won a national championship in high school like people forget that and he has that ceiling he has you know the ability to be cool and play in big moments so i think you know, he's going to be really ready for March. And it's that calm demeanor that he has that really allowed him to play well against Purdue. It wasn't keeping his head down. You saw in the Maryland game, he lost confidence. Like you can clearly tell he was just out there on the floor trying to do something, continually getting blocked by Julian Reese, Dante Scott, you know, and in this game against Purdue, you all the confidence in the world. So it's going to come down to confidence and can he keep it cool? And I think he can.
0: Yeah. That's one of the things I look at when I'm trying to, Evaluate this matchup and I try to look back at the first one. It's like he's not going to struggle as much as he did it tonight as he did in that first matchup. I mean, it's almost impossible to play that poorly and give Maryland's perimeter guards, Jameer Young, Hakeem Hart, give them credit for doing a great job of, of locking him down. But he's not going to have that inefficient of a showing like he did um, the first time they played Maryland. So that's kind of why I'm, I'm giving a little bit of an edge to Indiana. And we all will give our predictions. But before we do that, just let's take a broad perspective look at, at, at Indiana's season. Obviously, they finished 21-10, and 10, um, third place, but tied for second in, in the Big Ten, kind of an up and down season. They, they got hot at some point in the middle of the season, but struggled in the beginning. And they were a team that was ranked. They were picked to win the Big Ten by a lot of people. They were ranked in the top 10 for I believe in the preseason, this was a team that had a lot of expectation coming to the year. They didn't quite live up to that, but they're certainly a tournament team probably around the, the five or six line at this point, depending how they they do the rest of this Big Ten to- tournament. How do you kind of evaluate this, this entire regular season so far? Well, the regular season is done, but how do you kind of evaluate it? Was it a successful season for Indiana?
2: The, the answer is yes, this was a successful season for Indiana. Now, you know, they don't have they didn't have the number one seed in the Big Ten tournament to show for it, but they did get the double bye. Granted, they got help from Penn State for the double buy thanks to their you know last second win against uh Maryland. Sam, we were texting during that game. That was that was that was quite a surprising result. But if you look heartbreaker, at Indiana, Heartbreaker, heartbreaker. Yeah, that that, that might guys. be a
1: sensitive topic for our listeners still. So uh, uh, I, you don't, know don't go across Maryland a thin line.
2: If I was a Maryland fan, it would be a sensitive topic for me, too. I, I've seen <laughs> plenty of those games. But luckily, Indiana's had a lot of those close games this year go their way. And when Indiana's lost, it hasn't been a loss. It's been a blowout. So, you know, when you look at the season in general, it's 21 and 10, 21 wins. You're going to be, the, like you said, the 4-5 line for the NCAA tournament. You know, that's right about where you wanted to be. Obviously, you know, fans in Bloomington wanted them to win the Big Ten. They still do. They want them to win the Big Ten tournament because, of course, they're going to. Uh, but when you really think about it, Mike Woodson's in his second year. This was his first recruiting class. He's still, you know, dealing with some of the fallout from the Archie Miller era and some of the players that are, are left over that he didn't recruit. So if you put all of that into perspective, it was a good season. You went out and you beat number one, North Carolina early. Granted, you didn't think they would fall this bad. Um, you know, you defended home court very well. But the biggest measuring stick is you beat Purdue twice. You beat him here and you beat him in Mackey for the first time in 10 years. Archie Miller was 0-7 against, you know, Purdue. Mike Woodson's now 3-1. and So that's the biggest measuring stick is can we beat Purdue? You know, can Indiana reclaim the state? And with that, yes, I think he has. And, you know, there's a lot of optimism when you look at a Big Ten tournament. But again, you went half the season without Ray Thompson because of his injury against Iowa. He's out for about a month. And you've been without, you know, Xavier Johnson since that Kansas game back in December. So for, you know, Indiana's ability to adjust to that and overcome that, look, they went through that three-game stretch against Iowa, Northwestern, and I believe it was Penn State where they lost all three games. And we're thinking, man, the season's over. It's time to hit the panic button. But it comes down to you have Jalen Huchifino playing starter minutes, um, Trey Galloway, who usually comes off the bench, who's essentially running point. You know, these guys are are switching off, but those are two guys that did not get any of the uh, point guard, you know, runs back in, you know, the summer. They were playing on the two team with each other. So I think it's that ability. And on top of that, you know, Trace Jackson Davis is is an All-American. Like, there's no question about it. So when you have an All-American on the floor, you know, you're going to be successful. So again, in total, the season, I think it was a success. You know, you're going to lose a lot of pieces next year. But, you know, let's not focus on that yet. Uh, So in total, yes, it was a successful season, you know, but again, tournament time is going to be big. Let's see where they end up before we can really rule successful or not successful.
0: Yeah, all right. Let's let's give our predictions and keys to the game. I'll I'll have Ben go first, and I honestly have no idea where I'm going with this, so I'm gonna <laughs> try, try to figure it out once once you guys are talking. I think this is a as as coin flip of a game as you can find. The the line opened up according to DraftKings. Maryland was minus one. As of now, it's two and a half in Indiana's favor. Um, so there's been some some serious line movement on this game. I really have no idea where it's going. I'll, I'll give some of my keys, but Ben, let's start with you. What are your keys and give a prediction?
1: Yeah, I'm kind of with you, Sam, uh, way to put me on the spot here. But this is one of those games where, you know, Maryland was the best team in the country in College Park, pretty much. Um, if you eliminate that UCLA game, just dominated teams like Indiana, Purdue at home. Now on a neutral floor, uh, Kevin Willard will be quick to point out that Maryland has indeed been good on a neutral floor, uh, despite the 1-9 and record on the road in Big Ten play now 3-1 and in neutral after beating Minnesota last night. Um, I think there's two keys for me here. Uh, it starts with obviously Trace Jackson Davis, who has been one of the best players in America. I'm with you, Evan. I think he should be a first-team All-American. He's been awesome. Um, Julian Reese has lived up to the the billing against all these big names of the season. Didn't have you know a phenomenal game against uh, Trace Jackson Davis the first time offensively, but what he did is that primary defensive matchup in Maryland's team defense was key. Um, I, I point to what he did at Zach Eady on the road uh, that first time, where he almost willed him to a win and kind of matched the play of Eady in Purdue. Um, He's kind of been on a really consistent tear and, and has you know cracked that upper half of Big Ten big since then. So I think Juju versus uh, Trish Jackson Davis is definitely something to watch there. And plus with that, you know, the foul trouble as well. Julian Reese, 2,000 the first 12 minutes of the game yesterday. Patrick Gramellian at 3,000 the first half. If Maryland's Bigs is getting the foul trouble against Indiana, this game will be over. I think Indiana will win by double digits. I don't think the foul trouble will happen. I think Maryland will be more disciplined. A lot of those fouls from Juju are over the back fouls, so got to be smarter there. So I think that's one key. And then just the second is going to be the play of Jameer Young. Um, obviously, when he's on, he's one of the best guards, not only in the Big Ten, in the, but in the country as well. Uh, he really struggled last night, did have 15 points. Eight of them were in the final five minutes. Uh, lot came from the free throw line, only three for 13 from the field. Uh, rare, inefficient game from him. Maryland's going to need him to be on his A game. They're going to need Jameer to have you know, his vintage 25 plus, 20 plus to have a chance against Indiana. But uh, with that, with those two keys, Juju versus Trace and uh, the play of Jameer, I, I think I gotta take Indiana to win this game. Um, really? You know, that Maryland. Wait, wait, wait! That I is not what you were okay. texting me at all. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> I was switched
0: up big time.
1: Uh, okay. Well, I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't too confident, Sam. I, and I think my prediction might change before, you know, a tip tonight, but on air um, I, I got to go Indiana and the test pseudo times podcast listeners. are probably going nuts right now. Cause I think I've one for six of predictions right now in the big 10 tournament so far in a uh, single game. Sam, what are you two, two for six? So uh, we've, we've been hard uh, with these predictions, but yeah, I, I think it's going to come down to the wire. I'm going to go Indiana by three. Um, I think it's going to feel like an Indiana home game in there. Um, to an extent, um, I think that's a valid point. Um, wait, wait, yeah, before I, before before anything else is said, I'm sorry to expose you here, but literally an
0: hour ago, you texted me. <laughs> Maryland <laughs> Maryland is winning. I'm pretty convinced.
1: <laughs> and that wait, and what what was my text right after that? Uh, I well, I, think I said I it's a coin course. flip. I said I have no idea and then i said yeah i'm definitely not pretty convinced after you (laughs) convinced me with the coin flip statement um so i'm gonna go indiana by three i think trace has a big game i think coach is gonna get going and i think as well as maryland will play i I think indiana is the more talented team despite the uh ken palms and the nets uh that that have a maryland favorite for some reason uh which is a little confusing uh but yeah i'm gonna go indiana by three um I think it's going to be a really good game. I think Trace gets his and and down the stretch he makes those clutch buckets to uh, give the Hoosiers the edge.
2: It's funny that you said, you know, it's going to be a home game tonight for Indiana because that was the first point I was going to make when I made yeah. my prediction is tonight is absolutely going to be a home game for Indiana. The Hoosier fans travel very well. We saw that in Indi- in Indianapolis and you saw it at the Northwestern game. When Indiana was there and there were chance for Indiana, it felt like a home game in that seven, eight thousand, you know, glorified gym stadium that Northwestern plays in. Yeah. Uh, so that's going to be a really big thing is that there's going to be a lot of Hoosier fans showing out tonight. So it's going to feel like a home game for IU and Maryland two and nine in away games. So with that being said, I think it comes down to the two man game. It's going to be TJD and Jalen Hodgefino against Julian Reese and Jameer Young. Dante Scott last night hurt his knee a little bit. So I'm going to be really cautious on that matchup. I think that's really good for Race Thompson to expose that injury. You know, he didn't look like he was 100% after, you know, he hurt his knee, Scott did. So, you know, I'm going to take that out. I'm going to go with the two-man game. But at the end of the day, it's going to come down to can Indiana protect the ball, not turn it over, not foul like crazy, and can they shoot better than 32%? And if Indiana can shoot better than 32% behind the three-point line, they're going to win. There's no question about it. Um, however, do I think they do? No, because it's funny. I was looking at Twitter this morning and the line was like plus one for both teams, and I was like, is that is that like even possible? (laughs) So oh man, can I I'm just gonna flip a coin. Like this (laughs) I'm just gonna flip a coin. I love it. (laughs) Whose heads, whose tails? I dropped my coin on the oh right. I had to like think about that. Uh, we'll (laughs) go, we'll go Indiana's heads, um, Maryland's tails. All right, here we go. Tails never fail, so now it's gonna like be heads. That was a pretty good one. All right. What did I say? Maryland is tails. Yeah. Tails never failed. Maryland's going to win by one. All right. It's interesting that I thought we
0: were going to go all chalk for a second because I thought you were going to pick Indiana too. Um... You know,
2: I, And it's funny because I really wanted to. And, I, and I've been this way the entire time. I've gotten one prediction right, and that was when I like boldly was like, Indiana's going to go to Purdue and they're going to win. And they're going to win by five. My other uh, guy, Hank Joseph, who we're covering the game tonight, uh, it was like, Indiana's going by seven. They won by seven. So that's the only time we've gotten it right. So I fully expect to be wrong.
0: Yeah. So before I give my keys, I'm just going to say straight up, I think Indiana is going to win as well. So it's interesting. The Indiana guy is picking <laughs> Maryland and the two
1: Maryland guys are picking Indiana. But, but I mean, by, the, by the way, Sam, that's definitely not a coincidence. We've seen this team play too much. She's probably seen Indiana play too yeah. much. So we, we, we got to go in the opposite direction. The volatility gotta, is yeah.
0: just getting to both of us of all these teams in the Big Ten.
1: I we got to like feel the, said, the devil's advocate a little bit. Yeah,
2: we I I flipped the coin, so that's about as close as it's gonna get. I don't yeah. think I flipped the coin to make a prediction yet this season, and usually I'll I like stand by my oh Indiana's gonna win, but I I, I Kevin Willard I think will out coach Mike Woodson tonight.
0: Yeah, I could see that. I I mean, he certainly did back back in uh, College Park when they played the first time. Maryland's defensive game plan was so sound. I mean. Obviously, Hughtaftino struggled, but they had a great game plan. Um, their perimeter guards against him, but it was really more against Trace Jackson Davis and Race Thompson. Race Thompson, where they were just such timely doubles, and they weren't just you know when you're when you're doubling a big when he catches the ball in the mid post or the low block, you don't want to you don't want him to see the double. You want your doubles to come where you know from his back where he isn't looking. And they were did such a great job of of having timely doubles in, in spots that really got him where he was forced to pass out of it or he kind of shot a tough shot or turn the ball over I think Indiana watches that tape and they're like okay this is where the doubles are coming from and it's going to help Indiana in the second matchup because they they have ways to counteract certain doubles that Maryland's going to throw at at Indiana and and so Maryland's going to have to get more creative with that and and that will be a huge coaching thing you know if Kevin Willard can out coach Mike Woodson it's going to come from how do we get more creative doubling Trace Jackson Davis and getting the ball out of his hands I don't know that they're going to do that successfully because he's just such a dominant player. And like I said earlier, Shafino isn't going to be as bad as he was against against India, against India Maryland the first time around. So it's just there's there's so much at play in this matchup. It's really hard for me to predict. I think it comes down to the three-point battle. Uh, Maryland isn't a good three-point shooting team at all, but they're capable of getting hot for stretchers. They haven't been on the road, but at home and at neutral site locations, uh, they've, they've been hot at times. I, I can see them getting hot, but at the same time, I can see Indiana getting hot. The first time they played, Maryland, Indiana shot 11 threes and Maryland shot 22. So if Maryland's shooting a ton of threes at a high volume, if they're making them at a high rate, I think they they could easily win this game. But I, I it's just so hard to predict their three-point shooting because some, they're so inconsistent. Dante Scott had a great game. This is a huge key for me. Dante Scott had a great game when they played Indiana the first time. He has been really inconsistent and for the most part bad away from home this season he played well against minnesota last night but i barely count that because it's minnesota it's, it's barely even a power five team as far as i'm concerned
2: hey 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 hey, hey. Yeah, let's, yes let's, they let's beat, slow down they beat Nebraska. They at beat the same Nebraska, time though but... no, minnesota was a desperate team last night they were yes you know any team's gonna be desperate so give give them some credit i'm not telling you to give them no credit but give the golden gophers a little bit of credit for keeping that game close, because I agree with you. It should have been a blowout.
0: Well, that's the thing about this tournament setting is where it's like every team season starts over and, and a team like Minnesota is literally playing like they have nothing to lose. And Maryland's playing like they do have something to lose because they're 13 and a half point favorites in that game. But still, it, it was Minnesota. So I'm, I'm not too too overly optimistic about Dante Scott's performance last night. And like you said, he did hurt his knee. And he, you know, he said he's going to get treatment after the game. And I'm sure he's getting treatment all day leading up to the game. But that is a little bit of concern. If he's struggling and not playing well, I don't think Maryland has a chance to win this game. And same with Hakeem Hard, who's been really inconsistent. If he's shooting the ball at a high clip and shooting the ball well, then then Maryland, he's kind of the X factor for this Maryland team all season. Then Maryland's a the chance to win. This is just as toss as much of a toss up as a game as you can get for me. Like if I had a coin next to me, I would flip it too. I just I'm gonna go Indiana by two, but I think it's a, a really back and forth game. I just I think I, my my pick before. Uh, we did a Big Ten tournament preview show, and my pick was Indiana to win the entire thing. So I'm sticking by that. I still think they're going to win the whole thing. Uh, they rally off three games uh, to win this Big Ten tournament title, and it starts with Maryland tonight. Indiana by two. Wow.
1: By the they, way, with all of us having one possession predictions, this game is officially in March territory. We got to we gotta put the the listeners on watch here. Yeah,
0: oh, I think it's going to be a that. great game. I think it's going to yeah. come down to last second shot. I could easily see that.
1: No doubt
2: this will be who's going to have the last possession. And quite frankly, it's going to be what coach draws up the better play with seven seconds to go. You know, we haven't seen it do very well for Indiana. If you look back, I think the only one possession game this season was who I can't even remember. I'd have to like go to the archives to look at that. But, you know, if you look back at last season against Purdue, when Rob Bennessy hit the shot, took him three plays, it took Mike Woodson, three plays to draw you know, when, it, especially if Indiana has to get all the way down the floor, and Maryland's press is going to be against Indiana like it was last time. Indiana has so much struggles beating the press. And we're sitting there and like the press are thinking, how do you not just try to like slip your, your four and, you know, around center court and just, you know, run a, all right, one, two. It just doesn't make sense. But, but
0: here's the thing about that press. Maryland's press has been so much more effective at home. And we said right. earlier, this is probably it's a neutral site location technically but this is probably going to be more like a road game for maryland and maryland has really struggled with their press and kind of getting into it because they've struggled to score on the road so that's going to be a huge thing too
2: but maryland and it's funny that i'm like arguing for maryland right now (laughs) but again maryland they played last night they got some momentum going indiana's been off since sunday so that'll be interesting the rest versus you know the playing who what who's going to benefit more off of that
0: yeah i I asked willard about that last night because i do think there's a lot of value in actually playing that game especially when you're playing against minnesota it's kind of like a tune-up game
2: yeah there is value
0: in playing but but again dante scott got a little banged up so so who knows how much value there is in that I, i don't i think it's gonna be a great game
2: absolutely should be
1: sam let me let me ask you real quick if evan says it's coming down to the last shot you go back to that play at Purdue that we absolutely eviscerated when Willard drew up a corner three for Don Carey. Are you taking that tonight with his recent play?
0: Yeah, definitely, because Don Carey, at that point in time, was he was one for six in that game, but he was also one of the coldest shooters in the entire country, certainly on Maryland's team. So, so yeah, at that point... I would. That was a horrible play to draw up for Don Carey. well executed play, he got an open look. He airballed it from the corner. Right now, Don Carey might be the hottest shooter on the team. So yeah, I'm drawing up for him. If 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 the if there comes down to a last second shot, I'm still putting the ball in Jameer Young's hands because you want your best player and your most clutch player to have the ball. But was, I wouldn't mind drawing a play for Don Carey at this point. I'm with you.
2: Yeah, I, well, I was. Really I was also being half serious there. <laughs> <laughs> I answered that question seriously because it's a legit
1: question definitely definitely
2: i mean they, it comes like like we said it's going to come down in one possession it's who do you want with the ball in their hands with the last shot for indiana if Jalen is going yep. i don't want the ball to trace jackson davis yep give hutchfino the ball dude if it's miller cop give miller cop the ball yeah like whoever i think whoever's riding the hot hand you have to give them the ball and mike's been pretty good about that throughout the last 10 or so games I have no idea.
0: <laughs> it's a good point you bring up too about the coaching matchup because it's not too often where someone's like Willard's going to outcoach um another coach in the Big Ten because some of these so many of these guys are so many so experienced and they've been around it for so long. But I do think it's it's a good point that Mellon probably has the coaching adva- advantage in this one.
2: Yeah, I'd I think so. Willard's been in these situations. You know, he was at Seton Hall. He took them to the tournament a couple times. And you know, Mike Woodson, you've been to one tournament. You know, you had a get a play in, you gotta win three games of the Big Ten tournament. So this team knows how to win. Indiana's an older team. I still want to give Maryland the edge because I don't trust the role players enough. Yeah. Um, especially if you look, Malik Renew's probably gonna get in foul trouble. Galloway fouled out, you know, against Michigan pretty early on. I think with about eight minutes to go, he fouled out it's it's about as much of a toss up as it's going to be. And we can sit here and talk for 20 more minutes and, and I can change my mind 10 times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I don't think, I don't think we're going to get anywhere. <laughs>
0: All right. So we'll, so we'll just end the show then. All right. So Ben, <laughs> Ben and I have Ben and I of Indiana and, and Evan uh, from IU TV, Evan Kamiko has as Maryland. So we'll see how that plays out. Evan, we really appreciate you joining the show and, and we'll see you in a few hours here. Yeah. Thanks for having me on guys. Thanks, Evan. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Um, recap in Maryland's win or loss against Indiana, we'll see, and, and maybe previewing a semifinal matchup. We'll talk to you tomorrow, everyone. Thanks for listening.